Welcome back to 50% Cancer. Last time, we talked about PTSD, cancer, and traumatic growth. I hope you found the idea of traumatic growth hopeful. It was a new term for me, but one that I find so interesting and a helpful way to look at an unfortunate situation. This week, I thought we'd talk about radioactive iodine, otherwise known as RAI. We'll talk about what it is, why it's used, what it can tell us, and how to prepare for it. Your thyroid gland absorbs nearly 100% of all of the iodine in your body. So, when we have our thyroid removed, it can be helpful to have RAI treatment to eliminate thyroid tissue that shouldn't be there, or to find thyroid tissue that shouldn't be there. Radioactive iodine therapy, or sometimes called radioiodine, or I-131, can be used to treat thyroid cancer. The RAI collects mainly in the thyroid cells, where the radiation can destroy the thyroid gland and any other thyroid cells, including cancer cells, that take up iodine with little effect on the rest of your body. The radiation dose used here is much stronger than the one used in radioiodine scans. The confusing part is that we say RAI to mean two things. One being a small uptake amount, also called a tracer amount, to simply see where RAI is being taken up in your body. But RAI is also a thyroid cancer treatment, which is the same process but at a higher dosage. This treatment can be used to destroy thyroid tissue not removed by surgery, whether it was missed or too tricky to get at, or to treat some types of thyroid cancer that have spread to lymph nodes and other parts of the body. It's shown to help those with papillary or follicular thyroid cancers and is a fairly standard practice. But the benefits aren't as clear for those with thyroid cancer that seems to be only on the thyroid without spreading. These should be able to be removed solely through surgical methods. Something I did not know is that radioactive iodine therapy cannot be used to treat anaplastic, which is undifferentiated, and medullary thyroid cancers because these types of cancers do not take up iodine. RAI works by starting with a high level of TSH, which stands for thyroid stimulating hormone, in your body. This hormone is what makes thyroid tissue and thyroid cancer cells take up radioactive iodine. If your thyroid has been removed, there are a couple of ways to raise TSH levels before being treated with RAI. One is the withdrawal method, meaning you wouldn't take your thyroid med for a few weeks. Anywhere from two to four weeks seems common from my experience. This causes your thyroid levels to become low since you aren't taking any thyroid hormones and you don't have a thyroid to make your own. So in response, your pituitary gland goes into sort of an overdrive and makes more TSH for you. This intentional hypothyroidism is temporary, but it often causes symptoms like tiredness, depression, weight gain, constipation, muscle aches, and reduced concentration, which we see with hypothyroidism. Personally, for me, I've usually just had to be off my meds for about two and a half weeks, so I don't start feeling that fatigue until towards the end. For me, it's worth it because I don't like any extra needles that I need, which is option two. The other method is getting thyrogen shots. This can make withholding thyroid hormone for a long period of time unnecessary, meaning you can mostly keep taking your med as normal. The shot is given daily for two days, followed by RAI on the third day. I've also heard some complain of a few symptoms of this method, but they aren't long-lasting. In addition to raising your TSH, you will also have to follow the infamous low iodine diet, or LID for short. Most doctors recommend that you follow this diet for one or two weeks before treatment. This means avoiding foods that contain iodized salt and red dye number three, as well as dairy products, eggs, seafood, and soy. I found that everyone gets sort of a different list, or no list at all, <laughs> but those items are the common denominators of what to avoid. Something important to remember is that it's not no iodine, it's low iodine. While you should do your best to follow LID, it's okay if you're not perfect. 
but sticking to the list as best as you can will mean better results for your skin or treatment. So, after your TSH is all jacked up, you're ready to get your RAI and get scanned. You will come in and be taken to a room to drink up or swallow the radioactive iodine. You'll see yellow signs with caution on them because of the radioactivity and radiation. Your RAI will arrive to you in like a fancy chest that protects the doctor from the radioactivity. At least for me beforehand, the nuclear medicine doctor had this big form to go over with me of precautions and making sure I have a place to stay or I'm away from others and can self-isolate. There are special rules for how to flush the toilet and how close you can be to others. With my latest REI in June of 2019, the doctor described it as, you know, standing right next to someone, they can be at risk for that radiation, but when standing a few feet away and even further, the radiation spread drops way off. I was able to return to work after a few days. This timeline will depend based on how many millicuries you receive, which is how REI is measured. Sometimes you might have to stay in a hospital room for your quarantine, and sometimes that might be the best option, but other times you can quarantine at home. I was lucky that I lived alone when I received mine, so I didn't have to worry. When you're isolating, you'll want to drink a lot of water, like I'm serious, <laughs> and you'll want to find a hard candy like lemon drops or non-medicated cough drops to suck on, or some gum to chew on. RAI can collect in your salivary glands, so you want the water and candy or gum to help flush that stuff out. With my last REI, I did get some swelling like under my tongue and around my mouth from not drinking enough water and flushing it out of me fast enough. There are, of course, some side effects to be aware of. Here's what the American Cancer Society has to say. Radioiodine treatment can reduce tear formation in some people leading to dry eyes. If you wear contact lenses, ask your doctor if and how long you should keep them out for. Men who receive large total doses of radiation because of many treatments with RAI may have lower sperm counts or rarely become infertile. Radioactive iodine may also affect a woman's ovaries, and some women ha may have irregular periods for up to a year after treatment. Many doctors recommend that women avoid becoming pregnant for six months to a year after treatment, and also you shouldn't be pregnant when receiving your RAI. With my last one, I actually had to, like, prove that I wasn't pregnant and I had to get blood work, which I was not happy about, again, getting those extra needles. Um, no ill effects have been noted in the children born to patients who have received radioactive iodine in the past, though. Both men and women who have had RAI therapy may have a slightly increased risk of developing leukemia, stomach cancer, and salivary gland cancer in the future. Doctors disagree on exactly how much this risk is increased, but most of the largest studies have found that this is an extremely rare complication. Don't let all of that completely scare you off. I do believe that RAI can be a good option, but my best advice is to not take it blindly just because your doctor says you should. Ask them why they want you to do it, ask about potential side effects, and ask what might happen or what the plan might be if you don't decide to do it. Some people elect to take more of a wait and watch approach when confronted with the choice to do RAI or not. Many times it is recommended after your thyroidectomy to ensure all the thyroid tissue has been removed, but if your surgeon is really confident they got it all, you might feel inclined not to do RAI. I've heard both sides of it where some people get their surgery and then they are just great to go and they live their lives fantastically. But then I also hear the stories of some people who are like, oh man, I didn't get RAI after my surgery and then they deal with a recurrence. It's so hard to decide what to do in this situation, especially because it comes so soon after like getting thrown into all the thyroid cancer world at once. And I mean, even me like 12 years later, I still feel like with my last one, I wasn't like informed enough. It was more of a kind of like uh, the endo that I saw, who I don't see a lot. 
Um, I don't really like the endocrinologists at Mayo Clinic. <laughs> um, I just feel like they don't really listen and they're, they're too focused on like the endocrine side, I guess. Um, but my doctor, she was saying, who I had just met, by the way, <laughs> she was like, oh, if there's any, we did the uptake scan, so the smaller dose. And she's like, if there's anything at all, you're going to do the the larger dose. And then I think, I don't, I think I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Cause I was just overwhelmed and I was like, whatever, like, sure. It won't come to that. And yeah, it came to that. So it's just, it's an important decision that should be made with education and confidence and feeling well-informed. When you do get your scan taken, it'll probably take at least 30 minutes. I think all of mine have lasted like 30 to 45 minutes. All the times I've been scanned after RAI, I get a whole body scan, but I'm not sure if that's the norm or not. The scanner will get very close to your face at the beginning, but then move around your body and down. When you get to see your scans, parts of your body will light up where the iodine has been taken up. It's quite normal to see uptake in the salivary glands, digestive tract, and the bladder. This is why they make you go to the bathroom before your scan and recommend that you drink a lot of water. If you just took the uptake or tracer amount and places in your body that shouldn't be taking up iodine, like your neck, light up, your doctor will work with you to decide on the next course of treatment or identifying, you know, what's going on. If you did the larger treatment dose, congrats! Hopefully it should be working. If it isn't scheduled, I do recommend trying to get a post-therapy scan done. I think I had mine the week after, and that's just to make sure that those lit areas are decreasing, I think. But basically, it kind of shows like how successful it might be. Well, I think that about covers it for a good general, you know, radioactive iodine 101. I find that RAI can become a really heated subject. Some people have had awful luck with bad side effects or are RI resistant, meaning that other methods of treatment have to be explored for them. For others, it's a piece of cake and just a minor inconvenience. It's up to you to make the best informed decision for your health. I hope you found all of that helpful, but I want to know what other questions do you have about RAI? Where would you like to see a deeper dive down? What can I research for you? Let me know on Instagram or Facebook at 50% Cancer. Thanks for being here. Bye.